Yes, sir. Oh my gosh, we're here for episode 31 of The Pursuit of Sound with Double Crown. And this episode, I'm honored to have Curtis Freeman. And you might know him as DJ Free Surf. You might know him as DJ Wob Defunk. And he is in town right now. You used to live here in Charleston. You ended up moving up to Charlotte, and then you recently moved to Fort Lauderdale. Yep, that's correct. Florida, and he came up here. He DJed last night with um, with Carly DJ Hotbox, who I've yep. had on this podcast before, and Cam Jam. Yep. Who I need to have on the podcast and Germ Jelly. Yep. Right. Yep. And you, and um. It was lit. It was yeah, dude. So, I just want you to first just introduce yourself to to everybody that's listening, and then talk a little bit about how that show went, and then we'll go from there. Cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm Curtis Freeman Free Surf. Um, the name actually obviously comes from my last name. No, uh, my AOL AOL name was Free Surf. Because Freeman uh, surfed, and so like when I started DJing, I was like, "That'd be a pretty cool DJ name, dude." AOL. Yeah, like, oh my gosh, Instant Messenger. Man. I'm still 29. Trust me. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Last night was fun. So Carly, um, like, she was my roommate for a, a bit when I lived down here, and loved that girl. She's um, she's awesome. But she did for her birthday. She did a fundraiser for Quest. It's a Re- Quest for Recovery. I think it's called. Uh, so it was a super dope night. She had trio decorated out like a jungle. There were vendors up in instead of VIP, it was vendors. So it was like it was a dope layout. I, I, I even talked to Eric, and he was like, "Man, this place looks dope." Um, but yeah, and then it was fun because I haven't played with all of them in so long, and we each played like a bass or like like I played drum and bass mostly. And then at the end of the night, we all four kind of did like a back to back to back. So that was, it's been a long time since I got to play with all those guys. It was dope. Man, that's so cool, dude. And I'm proud of you because you've done a lot for the scene. And, um, you know, I, I remember being up in Charlotte and you had completely incepted the whole, your, your whole, like, it was weekly, right? Yeah, Every, yeah. what was it, Thursday? Or? Yeah, Thursday. Well, it was Wednesdays and then moved to Thursday. Yeah. And so you had that going down at, Oh, what was the name of the place? It the was, War Mac. The War Mac. Yeah, yeah, I remember being there, and I was just like, dang, this is so cool. Like, you bring on all your friends, and y'all pretty much, like, switch up every now and then, and you just yeah. keep up the vibe throughout a whole night, and that's something that you incepted yeah. and created, and then um, and then you had to leave Charlotte and go do your, your thing now down in, in Fort Lauderdale. But I do want to kind of, I like to start from the beginning. Um, like a little past, present, future kind of origin story about like who you are, where you came from, what you're doing now and what you want to do in the future. So can you tell me a little bit about like what music you grew up on and how that led into you DJing? Damn. I know it's kind of a lot. If you give away my age now, spark notes. (laughs) No, I mean, I was, I was a like a surfer punk like surf punks you know skater kid like everything from rem u2 um depeche mode like all that stuff through high school and like uh even like on the punk scene like you know 
uh, Nitzareb, some like industrial stuff. Um, and yeah, I just loved everything. I loved live music, rock and roll. I used to be, I remember being like a 16 year old kid and we would go to like warehouse parties and it would just be like our friends and punk bands, you know, and like I was tiny, so I would fucking crowd surf and everybody yeah. would throw me all over the crowd and shit. Wait, where awesome. was this? Where did you grow Myrtle up? Myrtle Beach. Oh, you actually grew up in Myrtle yeah. Beach. No way. Yeah, this is back before oh we made God. it dirty. <laughs> yeah. before got dirty Myrtle. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool, yeah. man. Um, wow because yeah like myrtle beach is it's come a long way and i remember one of the the last i i've even done a warehouse party up in um or attended a warehouse party up there that ag put down yeah. remember ag yeah i think so yeah he's a dude that he, he tattooed this oh, on yeah, me yeah. and then oh yeah he also gave me this tattoo as well but um Fire. yeah i love him i'm really proud of him as well but yeah he would be throwing those shows with like jay you know yeah. dj um He's, well, he's Stanton Underground. Kinetic, aka yeah, Kinetic, Kraken. Yeah, yeah. Him yeah. and I got collab tracks and stuff. But um so dang dude, you were doing it like that up there then. Yeah, back in the day. A couple years ago. Oh my god, a couple years yeah. ago. Um and then how'd that bleed into you? That's gotta lead into DJing. Alright, so then <laughs> this is weird though. Um my first time DJing was on vinyl. I was I was eighteen or nineteen years old and I won a volleyball contest at a, a bar that had some volleyball courts out back. And one of the prizes was a free membership to the bar. It was a private club. And so we won the contest, got the thing, went to the party that night at the bar, and then they never asked me for ID. So for like three, huh? three years, I'm going to this bar, and then like the week before I turned 21, the, the owner was like, yo, I found out your birthday is next week, you're turning 21. It was, it was, it was like, he, he had no idea. Oh, you're like, uh. But their, their <laughs> DJ for like, the last five years whatever was like moving on started a new career soon so he taught me how to play vinyl and so on wednesday nights i did like um what do we call it i can't remember what wednesdays was but i played like my shit like hoodoo gurus rem like all the really good shit and then on saturday <laughs> nights i had to do the saturday social scene and so i had to dj like i would get asked to play fucking can't touch this like 12 times a night oh you know, it was like mc hammer yeah all that shit like get out, it yo. takes two to make a thing right all that oh, like that yeah. was that was the shit i had to play <laughs> and then so then I, that probably lasted a year then i moved to columbia and was going to school at usc oh. and my roommate and his brother like randomly opened this bar called the cellar <laughs> and this place was dope it's kind of like an underground um and they painted the whole entire inside black and they put a fence around the dance floor so Saturday nights, I was the I was like the fucking industrial. Like I'd play like Nine Inch Nails, Ministry, like Nitzarev, like all the like really heavy stuff. And like, were so, you still on vinyl? Yeah, that was uh, fuck that. Shh, don't tell the age, but uh, that was like early '90s, mid '90s. Dang. Yeah. And on, uh, you were actually having to switch out these yeah. vinyls. I couldn't like, even do it now, probably because <laughs> like, but yeah, like that's so OG, having to, like, dude. Speed the shit up and everything. That's yeah. So OG. I didn't even, I didn't even know that until just now. I don't in this actual does. moment. I never really had this conversation with. Them. That's crazy because like, what like you you would have to carry around all that weight of vinyls. Yeah. And like, then not only that, but like, you'd have to sit there. What did you have like a freaking crate thing? And then well, you actually so like the, at, <clears throat> at the at both situations for me because I wasn't like a DJ traveling around with a crate full of you know like when I was playing at um, Sandpiper that was the name of the bar when I was young um, they had 
all the records you know that they already had and if i wanted some stuff they would give me the money to go buy stuff so wait like, they had records oh dude in-house when you would play at bars back then like you know they were like this the is what you're booth, playing yeah well they, they, the shit that everybody wanted anyway you know like it was it wasn't like so i wasn't like um jamie jones traveling the world playing my vinyl i was kind of like kind of like you know if you're playing like open format around here you're like playing at the bar but yeah, in your before point. usbs they would already have their albums or whatever that's kind that's of un i didn't know that dude yeah. and then so you would just basically like the house would have their records yeah. dash collection yeah. and then and I would you go out crate digging and stuff and find some cool shit like i man i really loved playing like the industrial and the, like the punk stuff Dang. it was fun i'm like having to um like actually like put the record on the jog wheel thing and Find then like yeah, yeah actually like yeah so like stuff. you would just have like the headphones in and like sit there and make sure you got like the beginning of the track right and like see that's one thing i i've been completely disconnected from is like like the actual og beat matching of actual physical vinyl right. records and yeah. stuff like that yep that's it's i mean like i think about it now like i don't even i know like ariel dami is really good at like like scratching into songs but i've never even fucking really scratched in on a cdj you know like it's just a, i don't even think about like playing it like an album you know because i i tend to loop in and stuff but like yeah like, like you know you could if you were if you really wanted to like scratch in you could start tracks you know like you like you did on vinyl that's crazy, that's what the vinyl moves for you know? dude yeah i know right yeah. it's just like we 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 don't really know the way that that used to be yeah fully and that's just so much more respect on the game. Bro, and I have a crazy theory on that shit. So, like, especially when it comes to dance music, like house and techno and stuff, like, when you're in the crowd and you're listening, like, there's, there's like, effects that you hear, and it's like, oh, that sounds dope, like, delays and reverbs and shit like that. So think back in, like, 70s, 80s, when they were, like, making house music and, like, on the fly with albums. Like, it, it wasn't easy to be on beat. Mm. so using delay would mask you fucking up so i have a theory that like the reason we love that shit is because that's what the dj was doing to make the two songs sound good well they had delay well they, they would use guitar pedals like that's oh what i mean that's that's where this creativity all came from is like they would dj with you know you bring your your dad's fucking thing i'll bring mine we've got a mixer Yo, plug them what? In. oh yeah, my so, god and then you plug you finesse guitar yeah so then they'd be there. like oh we need something like oh let's had some re, re, you know, delay out of that yeah. track go into the next one yeah and so i what? think honestly i think oh the reason we enjoy gosh. that on the dance floor is because it was part of what we were hearing like you know what i'm saying <laughs> now i do like when you hear a dj like hit the delay and it's like <laughs> and it sounds kind of fucked up but it's kind of awesome when it cleans back up yo right? i mean yeah yeah no, it, it's, it's, it's building tension is it's what it's all about is building tension and then that release is what the dance floor loves you know exactly it's all about that tension and release yeah. for sure and you know you've you've showed for your skills and talent time and time and time again i remember feeling like i met you through justin well aka jerry feels good and the whole house scene like i know you've you've pretty much played everywhere that could be played at for a dj here in charleston and um we've shared lineups yeah. obviously we've yeah, done yeah. we've done shows together and yep. that's been awesome Remember and the zoo the, the zoo didn't you play with us on that zoo night wait oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 the zoo night at purple buffalo yeah we were making fun of zoo because he canceled his tour <laughs> oh my god that's what it was awesome. dude. oh my god i love that night that was so fun that was awesome man and like how did so 
so dude like where do we even like go from here it's like the fact that you've you've really thrown down and represented for the scene and yourself and you've you've done a collab track with my roommate justin y'all y'all have out oh and well that's not only justin but um john curry aka curry sauce um (laughs) grace lily on vocals from the show southern hospitality now and then you and that was it on that one right four yeah and then that one's done pretty good oh it was funny because justin was like we had we had made probably we made body go and a couple other tracks we made the first one uh, calling out of work <laughs> and that's a cool story behind that one if you want to hear that but um yeah we had made a couple of tracks and justin's like i want to make a name with uh, a song with your name in it like free surf and i'm thinking to myself like dj free surf i'm like fuck that like, shit. you don't like, want to be corny i don't want any part of that and then i came over <laughs> I came over one day and he's like, all right, you got to hear this. And him and Grace had recorded those vocals and I was like, oh shit, this could be good. Uh-huh. So we went from like, um, we basically went from like, all right, that sounds pretty good. And I kind of brought a tech house, tech house vibe into it. And then like, uh, that track's like the never ending track, man. Cause it's like, then Colton, whoa, who is now uh, Wyatt Taylor, but he used to go by whoa, but he did a remix of it, which was fire. Yeah, um, he, I didn't know that he now changed his alias from yeah. whoa to Wyatt Taylor. Yeah, and uh, his name doesn't have that in it anyway. <laughs> there's, like, there's somebody else like that, too. Reach. What is that? Yeah, Wyatt and, yeah. and Taylor. <laughs> These are, <laughs> yeah. it's like Calvin Harris. That's yeah. not Calvin Harris's name. Oh, really? It's really, no, he's just oh, like. Oh, that's from Calvin and Hobbes or some shit? Oh. No, he's just, he's just somebody else. Um. Are we actually live? We doing bad shit said shit was lit. Oh my god. Yeah. And like so um What's up? Uh, he might be talking about that um remix or something. And so it's we were actually listening to another remix of that today when I was right when we were driving around and um we were talking about breaks. Because it was that dude named Mizzo. Mizzo. Yeah. M-I-Z-Z-O. Dude, anybody that appreciates some good breaks music, he did an incredible remix for Wavy Baby. (laughs) If you've seen me play the last four months, you've heard it a bunch, but... Yes, dude. And He um, he crushed that remix, too, in one day. Like, I... I, So we knew that Grace would be on the TV show, and I was like, dude, let's get some people to make remixes and do a remix album release if they use the song on the show or whatever right so i was kind of hoping for that last year when that season came out but um i sent him the the stems and everything and then he sent me this the next day to kind of get my opinion i'm like bro that's fucking fire and he's like well no i'm not finished yet and i'm like what do you need to change this fuego and then i I think i think i told you today then like um four days later five days later a week later whatever he sends me a video of a girl playing it in miami at an outdoor beach party like at you know one of the and i'm like how the hell did she get it and he goes oh she's one of my old homies like you know because like i pulled him out of house back into breaks and then he relaunched mizzo and then he sent her a track she played it and then there was a dude on the stage while she played it and then like a month later he ends up putting it in a remix that he, or a, a full mix that he did oh uh, yeah the, the ill what is it the ill chris b he's like an old school breaks guy and like Sketch from from Charleston hits me up and he's like, "Yo, my homie sent me this mix. He's gonna put out a mixtape and like the first song was Wavy Baby, but it was Breaks." And I'm like, "I was like, dude, Misso just remixed that like two weeks ago. Yeah, <sighs> like so all this at was, once. Yeah, it's just fire. That song's so fire. I love the way that um, things can just 
catch fire like that, like yeah. wildfire. Like he he apparently is so connected that it's just like you know you just reach out to to one or a few people, boom, just like you know give out the track graciously, and then next thing you know, like they they're playing it, and yeah. then it's so funny how that can happen. And I was that's just like, cool, man. I was just like, dang, dude, that's that's freaking awesome. And um, you know, I do want to mention the fact that you even like this the stuff about like like struggle bus and all that so please tell us about like your festival credits and all that oh, good wow. stuff like struggle bus we'd love to hear about i know we would love to hear about struggle that. bus was crazy so i mean a month and a half before i played on the struggle bus i probably played my first show as like free surf like um, well, which struggle bus was that? That was electric? 2018 Electric Forest, yeah, because I I just started DJing again in 2018, and um, so it was it was crazy. So I started DJing because I would go to festivals and I'd be like, oh, this is a baseline from a Prince track, or this is a vocal from the, like I always knew what I would play next, or I could think of what the song was. And I was like, I'm gonna start DJing again, so I bought you know a tractor, the tractor S4, I think. No, I think I had the S2 from Ralph. Oh my god! And then blah blah blah, blah right? So um, I started DJing. I was doing some parties, and then people would be like, "Oh, come DJ after party!" And of course, everybody loved bass here too. That's where Wob the Funk came from. I'll tell you that story too if you want. But um, uh-huh. um, Tyler Diskel, you know, he used to live here. He, he moved to Charlotte. He was here playing a show, and if I remember correctly, we ended up at a house. I was playing, and then Tyler walked in, and he was like. Bro, I didn't even know you DJ, and I was like, "Yeah, I've just been doing it for a while." And then, like a month later, he's like, "Are you ready?" And I'm like, "Ready for it?" And he's like, "I'm gonna put you on a lineup. You're gonna open for Hunter Reed." And Hunter Reed had just gotten a song on Dirty Bird, which at the time was like my favorite label. So I was like, "Uh, okay." <laughs> wow. So then, literally, Yo. I went. I went to Purple Buffalo at like eight o'clock, eight thirty, to learn how to use CDJs. And the dude that was bringing the CDJs in had brought his friends up to watch him play before I started at nine, so I didn't even get on the CDJs until nine o'clock, so my first time touching the CDJ was like my first set. Oh my God, uh, what? Right? And then like a month and a half later, I'm at, with a, uh, a renaissance. You, you yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah, from Taylor. yeah, Taylor, right? And he, he had his equipment with him. We kind of met some neighbors, blah, blah, blah. Somehow ended up, he was gonna play a set on the struggle bus, and then yes. he crushed it. And the guy was like, yo, we want you to close out the weekend at Electric Forest. Like, you're going to be, like, the last person playing on the struggle bus. And so he was like, all right, my friend's uh, free service is going to play before me. So they gave me a 45-minute slot. And I'm like, never played in front of more than, like, 50 people. And here it was, like, I think that year was only, like, probably like 3,000 people out there. And I was just like, what? That's so 3,000 people? I was so nervous, yeah. Dude, for anybody that doesn't know really what the struggle bus is, it's this It's this. But it's like a school bus, right? Yeah. Okay, it's like a school bus that's been modified into like a venue, basically. And you'll get on the, you get on the top. The yeah. top of the school bus is all modified out, and yeah, like that's that. where the stage technically is. And so you're like looking down from the top of a tour bus yep. to all these people on the ground. You said three thousand people about for the so, struggle bus so set. yeah th- that year 2018 they had all the renegades are like in a row. So like you would have this bus here and then I think the other one was like Pinky Ring or someone else their, their bus was like there and it was just like a few thousand people there the second time I played in 2019 
the security guard said it was like probably eight to ten thousand people because what? we because struggle bus had done so well they kind of gave them a primo spot where we had like everything dude i played while jansen was playing on pinky ring oh my and god it's all the what? all the kfc crew like i think Natalie might have been with them, like Mo and them were like, dude, whenever we could hear your fucking house kicking over, like whenever his shit would drop down, they could just hear. Oh my god, y'all were that close yeah, to where it was, was kind of like. No, it was pretty far, but it was like, yeah. Oh, but, but just I mean, struggle enough. boss, dude, he's he's crazy with like, he, I need eight, you know, double fifteen subs plus the PVs in the middle. Like, yeah, yeah. if Taylor had DJ Renaissance yeah, had anything had to do with it, he, yeah, he, he has the most bonkers sound system setup yeah. like you could even imagine. Yeah. Um, and and so that's that just that's such a like it sounds like just such like this sort of like famous moment like where you're just like <laughs> oh my gosh like what's even like happening this is a dream come true like yeah. and um, and. So you did struggle bus. You said two. How many years? Three years. Um, Three years. Two good years, and then they had some issues. Was it like last year, where they got moved? I don't know. They did. I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but they put all of them in one area, and he, the guy that runs the struggle bus, wasn't really happy. So he moved way over to the RV area, and then fa after he set everything up, he found out he wasn't really allowed to be loud over there. So he put like most of his speakers away, and so we played like it was totally different the last year than the first two that I played. The first two were like the fucking the legit like after party of you know of E Four. So were dope. God, and I. Dude, you have to see some of the videos from it. It's like I look and like the whole KFC crew, like everybody supporting the KFC flags down there, and then what? whoever was filming for me, like they go and they zoom out, and you can just see way off in the distance you see like lit up hula hoops and shit like all over the place yeah, yeah it was like, nuts man oh my gosh say what dude i feel like time. i saw some of that footage and i was just like dude how insane. how are they doing this right now yeah and how yeah. insane is this like this is it's i'm so proud of my of the people i know that are like just all there like bringing life to that scenario yeah. and um and i think struggle bus is still like a thing Right. Yeah, they they I I didn't go to Force this year, and I think they recovered. I think they kind of got back to like everything. I don't know. The the one the last year I played on it was just like they didn't have the bus. Like the bus broke down on the way. Which that's yeah. I think Mac was, was like, telling yeah, me yeah, about it was just that. Like, oh, that's right. I forgot Mac was part of that too. Yeah. So yeah, dude, shout out to Mac. What's up? <laughs> Saw Mac last night. And then um, and then yeah. So pretty much they they it's. I don't know, man. I, I just want to see the best for for struggle bus and all that. Yeah. And um. And so since that happened, you you've done a lot as well. Clearly. Um. So in between that, like by the time, like when you're here living in Charleston, I know you've you've got some more credits up your sleeve. Like who else? Who else have you done shows with and stuff? Like, Man, what, can, what can you brag about really quick for us? I know, here's where the Alzheimer's comes in. Um, <laughs> when I read it, I'm like, damn, I can't believe I opened for all these people. But, um, you know, lucky for me, uh, Trio here brings in some pretty big names. Um, you know, when I started doing, like, weekly shows here, like, I did it selfishly. Like, I wanted to play house music, and, you know, it was, like, a college town, so it was, like, you either had hip-hop or nothing. So I started playing house music. Um, and then Trio opened and started doing, like, you know, at least on Thursday nights, I had really good house acts. So, I mean, I've opened for a ton of my favorites, like 
you know, Claw One Stroke, Shiba-san, uh, Seth Troxler. Um, Dang, I didn't know you actually opened for Claude. Yeah, yeah, me, like, me and Disco. Like, oh, uh, at yep. Trio, yep. direct support. Uh, I, I went after, obviously, after Trio, uh, after Disco. Okay, before so, Disco. So okay, so it was Dis yeah. you, Disco, and, and then Claude. Claude. Yeah. Okay, that's, okay, but then, okay, you said, yeah, him. Man, Steve Darko, Artelon, um, I mean, I... I'd have to get the list out like to remember. Uh, yeah. Last weekend, and we'll get on the four hundred soon. But I just opened for Martin Eichen, so my first big show in Florida was last weekend. So that was cool. Uh, but like I'm, you know, it's just it's it's kind of like that dream come true kind of stuff where it's like, I mean, I guess this is happening. You know, like when Tyler put me on a show, and then I guess I did good enough to get asked to do it again, and then you know this that and just lucky man. I've had some crazy luck. So Steve Darko and his girlfriend, or well, wife now, but. Um, they're amazing and like I met them and then I'm at Dirty Bird Camp Out 2018 also so literally like the first year I started DJing the West and, Coast one? yeah West Coast and then a dude that I had met on Friendship brought me over to play on his Renegade and then Steve saw me and like showed me his USB and I'm, I say yo can I bring Steve Darko up here and he's like yeah sure so I got I'm back to back with Steve Darko at Dirty Bird Camp Out what? Like, you know, like, on a renegade set you on said? a renegade set yeah for like an hour and a half what like, was like the, the setup for that renegade set um, four picnic tables and a, a white pop up tent and CDJs like what that's what renegade is man yeah like, no, that's like everybody because um, the renegade set that you were showing me about what you did at um, that was camp Dirty, Dirty Bird, Bird camp, camp in yeah. in Florida yeah Orlando yeah that's dude so I'm just like so lucky like I, honestly sometimes the renegade stuff is for me more fun than like the main stage opening stuff but um two years ago uh me a couple guys from charlotte like we all had our equipment it was actually wyatt taylor uh, <laughs> okay i always want to call him whoa whoa um <laughs> but like me him and uh, another friend of mine um luke rose is what his dj name is but we all had equipment and we had rooms side by side by side and like the first day we're like setting up our equipment and we had like 3,000 CDJs. We had the, you know, sub and everything. We look over and there's some dudes like right over there setting up. So we're like going to talk to them. We're like chatting, like either like, let's come up with a schedule and take turns or like, yeah. why don't we just combine? And so we ended up combining and uh, Brendan Lee is is pretty big time in, in Atlanta. He like runs one of the clubs there. I'm always brain dead on names of shit, but he runs one of the big clubs in Atlanta. The other guy is Charlie Hustle in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. And like, we just threw it down and we ended up with like um, Black V-Neck and Luke Andy and what? Justin Jay all came and played. Our, Justin Jay? Yeah, they all came and played with what? us. What? Because we had the, most, oh we had the most sound and we had like four 3,000 CDJs and a nice mixture, you know, so like they want to play on good shit. So that was lit. And then <laughs> this year we get to this, we all tried to get the same hotel rooms, but we didn't quite get the same rooms. And so then instead of setting up outside of someone else's balcony, balcony, we were like, uh, I think it was, I think it was Charlie Hustle. Or he's like, yo, we should be under those trees, like playing out through the plants and shit. And then everybody, and we we're like, all right, cool. So the first night we were like up behind the flower bed. And then we were like, no, nah, we should be in the flower bed. So the next night we set everything up. And so we were like in under the trees in the flower bed and everybody's dancing down here. And it was just lit. I still have people that are like when someone's like, yeah, yeah, that was his renegade. And they're like, 
what man that was that was I, I was supposed to go inside to see so and so and we just couldn't leave your stage yeah. it was dope yeah. oh that's the best yeah, man I I, see renegades are where it's at like yeah. randomly and um it's cool that they allow it you know what i mean because yeah. it's like it, it to a certain degree i could see where where people could potentially say have a problem with it yeah. and not w w because like it's imagine. deterring from <laughs> <laughs> back to the struggle bus uh so me and taylor and and the alex the guy that that owns the struggle bus took it to it uh, now that thing's stationed in colorado and he drove it all the way over here to imagine right jesus so the day they, they let him in like a day early to set up and the whole time they were setting up the golf cart kept riding by with different people on it like looking at him right so what they didn't realize at the time and i'll, I'll tell you in a minute but like so the, all of a sudden the guy comes up and he's like hey you guys got a lot of equipment. This is great. Like we're gonna we're gonna set you guys up and kind of feature you guys. So Alex is thinking, oh, this is dope. So they're moving us to another spot, right? So they move them right over beside the silent disco where all the action is, right? Guess what? At two a.m. when silent disco st started, struggle bus had to stop. They moved them over because we had so much better production gosh, than all yeah. of their shit that they didn't want us playing at the same time well yeah so at two whenever they went on all their shit to start we were right by this like silent disco so we had to cut off uh, and uh, like that's rah. right when things get popping yeah. too as well like yeah. 2 a.m yeah. at a festival yeah that's and like, I had, like i had black v-neck like they came over to play God. um and they we basically were doing daytime and early night shows and they got there to play and there was like 15 people because everybody's inside like watching the main and they were like you know respectfully they were just like you know their manager was like uh, you know we could be inside like this is right before they like got big big and it was like they could be inside like rubbing elbows with like certain people and i'm like yeah go man like so they didn't even play but yeah but they weren't being dicks like i thought that was like awesome that she came over and asked and like it, you know we formed a good friendship out of that but um right for me it was like fuck i hear i'm promising these people like oh yeah i got this badass struggle bus here's the videos of electric force and then imagine it's like yeah. right in the butthole we're like come on oh my god yikesies i didn't know that yeah anyway that's some that's, people don't like renegades mm, i see i see dude yeah and it's um it's one of those things man where it's like if if you can do it then then do it like i yeah. i I think it's, I think it's a, a good way to just do your own thing, yeah. and um, it, it's just cool that a lot of people allow it, because yep. it can deter from like the main acts getting right. love and stuff like that. Right. And I think what's cool about it, it, you know, especially at some of the bigger festivals, like how much the main artists look forward to. It. Like Dirty Bird's a great example, and you know, anybody's ever been on like one of the ships, like Holy Shit Friendship, like uh, Groove Cruise, or gone to like a a legit like what I would call a boutique festival like you know you don't just fly to California to go to Dirty Bird camp out if you're not a Dirty Bird kind of fan you know what I'm saying like so it's not like the random you know whatever guy that doesn't really like the music's just there to like yeah, it's not like Bonnaroo not there, where right? like yeah oh you where it brings all sorts of other people like yeah you have to be you you, you have to want that yeah. experience to, like, to be, be fair there. to Bonnaroo amazing vibe for uh not just house or uh you know edm fest like that the vibe there is always killer Ooh, yeah. what, I was, what i was getting at though is like um um what was i getting at mm. <laughs> you were going to talk about some renegade stuff maybe for furthermore and then um yeah you're saying i was going to get to thoughts gone um it'll come back yeah 
it'll boomerang it was important. around. We'll yeah. About. And then so I'm just I still can't believe because I just recently found out about Justin J and like how he just he really like he ended up back to backing with Skrillex recently yeah. and all sorts of people and I remember that pants. Yeah. Sean Harper ended up giving he gave me a whole bunch of music Who's and Sean Harper? I know, right? And then one of the songs was this song called Balls. Like, yep. B, all caps, yeah, one of the B kids A L L Z. And apparently it's by Justin J. And it's. Oh, is it by Justin or is yeah, it one of his students nope. from one of his classes? Well, it said it was by Justin J. It might J. be Justin because J. Because I was yeah, going yeah. back through music recently and I saw that song and I was like, huh, I remember always liking it just because it was kind of breaks. Yeah. And it was like minimal, but breaks and like just bold. And I was like, I didn't know who Justin J was at the time. And then all this stuff started like flooding in on my Instagram. He's been crushing his IG yeah. content lately. Have and you heard was, of Fastboy? No, I think Balls is really like the only thing I know by him. Well, Fastboy is his um, other moniker, but when he plays like, I don't know, it's like 137 to 145, like speed, like speed house or whatever you might, you know, it's just like fast, high energy, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, dude, if you've never seen Justin J, like Justin J and the Fantastic Boys when he has like the band rhythm and stuff. What? Like, bro, they will go from, I mean, he, he just bends the genre. Like, it's like, is it disco right now? Then it's drum and bass, then it's dubs. Like, he, he's not afraid to just like take the music all over the place. That's why I Play like some him. some weird ass song that you're like, what is he playing right now? And then all of a sudden it's cool. It's like, oh, I like this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like he really like brought like, oh, a Energy. refreshing, a refreshing, sense of DJing back yeah. into my life when I started see, like just how like innocent like <clears throat> and pure and just like the way he was just doing his thing regardless like yeah. he's just like hey like this is like watch the way the song hits like out of nowhere and like and it's it usually looks like renegade type things yeah. like yeah. where it's just like he's he just gets on it and it's next thing you know like people are like what yeah. and I love that because it's like he brings open format to like the EDM world like yeah. in the EDM way like open format EDM I don't know anyway um, bro mark your calendar crazy. the weekend of Thanksgiving every year I'm sure he'll do it again but like uh, the Saturday and Sunday he'll do like a free production course oh really and even if you're like as skilled as you are it's worth it because like like last year's challenge was make a track using only 909 yeah then, oh like, one know, just, sound yeah and then he'll just like take you through and show you some stuff and then like you go for the night you do whatever and then you come out the next day and if you can submit your shit and if he likes it he'll play it on there and talk about stuff and but he, he always does it like free courses like on thanksgiving weekend that's so yeah. cool he's a cool dude man i like that a lot man he played at the house up in charlotte like what envy a times. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh my gosh yeah. talk about that for a little bit um yeah when 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 <laughs> you moved from charleston to charlotte you yeah. ended up b living in a house right with the yeah. guy that owns Envy Records Envy Records NVD Envied oh NVD yeah Envied Records like oh Envied Records yeah. okay and then so please talk about that with us yeah man that's a that's a big package I can like squish it down for you like Corey is awesome he went on holy shit probably like seven times or something like that met people from all over the world anybody that's ever done any any of the festivals like even like Halloween where it's like it's got its own like family vibe kind of deal. Um, he just met all these people from all over the world and like decided to soundproof a room in his house because he figured he could get everybody to come 
to his house and he could have some DJs play as opposed to him having to fly all over the country to see everybody. Like literally, you can read in like DJ Magazine, like they've done interviews on him and you know, he would like somebody, some artist would be playing in Charlotte and he would walk up to him after and be like, hey, here's a picture of my house. You want to come back and play? And so <laughs> people just come back to the house and play. And it's kind of funny too, like um, that parlayed into him like starting a record label and just like homies supporting homies like man shit fam like all goes out like so when an envy song it's same with like groovy ball with with tyler like the fam goes on and buys it and all of a sudden it's like top 10 on the beat poor charts or number one because the fam goes and supports you know but shout out disco <clears throat> yeah right uh no, man got me started um but yeah, so so the house is dope, and um, you know he he'll do like shows where he actually pays the artist to come. Like pre-COVID, he had a floating pontoon boat with speakers and shit on it, and so the day party would go from like noon to six, and the DJs would be floating out in the water, and everybody would be on floats or on the island, and then at eight o'clock at night we'd come back to the house and do. So I used to go up there once a month for envy shows, and one night Green Velvet was playing at the house. Wow! And I was just. Like, this is amazing. And I was like talking to Corey and I put my arm around him. I was like, bro, if anybody ever moves out, I want to move in. And he literally looked at me and he's like, Chichmo's moving out in June. And this is like February of 2018 or 19, 19. And I'm like, are you serious? And then like maybe a month, the next month or whatever, I was back at the house for a show. And after all the main DJs play or whatever, then it's like whoever wants to play jumps up there. And I got up there. I didn't think anybody there knew I DJed. I used to just go up there to like enjoy myself. And so uh, I'm like DJing, and then I finish, and people are like, "Oh my god, that was awesome!" And you're moving in, and I was like, "What?" I'm like, oh, you already like started saying, yeah, it, and like, Cor and Cor and like, yeah, Curtis is moving what? in. And I was like, I went up to him, I was like, "Were you serious about me moving in?" He's like, "Yeah, are you moving in?" I'm like, "I guess I'm moving to Charlotte. Fuck it." So like, oh, I went. Yeah, that's how that. Damn. Yeah. So I went, and then I actually came back here during COVID because the whole city or the whole state of North Carolina was shut down. So I came back and worked here. That's why I was roomies with Carly for a little bit. Like I came back, I was driving back to work a little bit and then it was like, well, fuck it. I'll just move back to Charleston. I moved back. And then when COVID ended, I was like, I really needed one more year in Charlotte. So I went back oh. up there. Yeah. So blah, here I am. That's crazy. So Envy, oh wait, spell out that name for people who might not know. <clears throat> it's just three letters, NVD, but when you say it, it's like Envied Records. Like, yeah, Envied, NVD Records. And it's it's a lot of, uh, he's he's still doing it? Yeah, yeah. They and it's like house. House, released last week, I think. Uh, like, there's, yeah, it's, it's house, it's, um, it's good. I mean, the thing about Corey, he has his own business, like his record label, I don't even know if he's ever made a penny and if he gives a, he doesn't care about the money he won't put a shitty song on like like it's like when there's a release it's fire like good like, yeah it's 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 like it's not like hey let's put out seven releases a month to try to be something like Corey doesn't want to be he doesn't want the big public spotlight Corey wants good music you know? yeah so he's that's, just doing that's his, what's dope about it yeah he's just doing his dang thing yeah. yeah like it should be you know yeah and it makes me think a little bit about disco who we just shouted out tyler davidson and yeah. how he he's doing his thing with a groovy bone records yeah. um you you know dommy very well yeah d-o-m-i-i she's a really cool chick that is she's also in um it's um bitch wait what was it bit uh bitch cool Oh, what is it? Bitch Be Cool. Yes. Bitch Be Cool. And that they, that's a cool duo. 
Um, what up, Coco? Oh, snap, she's in. I always joke around with uh, with Arrow whenever we play back up. I'm like, we're a ho-chill out. This is my duo, ho-chill out. <laughs> oh, my but, gosh. You know, you know, Bitch Be Cool comes from... Uh, oh, my God, what's the fucking movie? Everybody knows it. It's, again, Alzheimer's. Bitch Be Cool, um, what? Like, freaking... Quentin Tarantino movie. Super bad. Oh, Quentin Tarantino? Yeah, what, with what? John Travolta and Samuel. Like, everybody uh, knows Pulp it. Fiction? Yeah. Oh, no way. There's, like, Hannah Wants. There's... Is it Tucky New Light? No, there's another DJ name that came from that too. But bitch, be cool. Oh That's where he got that God, from. When he goes, I love that. Bitch, be cool. Like when when they're getting robbed or they're <laughs> in the fucking breakfast place. Bitch, be cool. Oh, snap. I didn't know that. And um, yeah, I was asking. We were talking about Dami earlier, and apparently she's still doing her thing, crushing it. Like you I know, heard she's putting on good stuff too. Go go check out Dami and Bitch Be Cool. Yep. And Disco D I S K U L L. Yep. Um, groovy Bone. Yeah, Groovy Bone Records, which proud of all them, and um, and then so yeah, you came here, you did this show, you did, you opened up for um, Martin Iken. What was it? Martin Iken. Martin Iken yeah. in Fort Lauderdale. Where yeah. was that at? at? In Fort Lauderdale. What venue name? There's a dope place called uh, Green Room. Green Room. And it's actually like the outdoor part of a, a bar that's been there for a long time called 27 Bar and Lounge. But um, the dude likes house music. So, like, since I've been down there, the Sponges, which are friends of mine. Oh, what? Do you know them? You're friends with the Sponges? Oh, bro, those are my homies. Are yeah. you serious? Yeah. Nick uh, and Ryan. Dude, they, are, they have such a good Have you ever met style. them? No. They are so fucking nice, man. They're the nicest dudes you'll ever meet. Like, super dope dude, dudes. Dude, and they played at Dance Festopia recently. Oh, like, the same one. I would have put you in touch with them. Well, and see, they did, like, they they literally did, like, the Sunrise set, and we were we were pooped by that point. Lame. Um, no, it right, was, so like, I'm literally, like, a 5 a.m., like... Yeah, um, five a.m. That's like when it gets good. Type bro. set. Yeah, I know. But we had to catch a flight that next um, afternoon and stuff. And yeah. so I think they were the very last set of Dance Festopia. Damn. Which was you missed it. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, up. you can't make everything. All right, interviews over. I know, <laughs> right? But the Sponges is like one of my favorite, like house. Per- it's two of I them, say, or is it one? Yeah, it's two of them. I say they basically took all that great funk that your parents listened to and made funk house because like their their sound is so different than everybody else like they i have dude i have a lot of like their edits that like they're they're such nice guys when they played at the house like the first time i met them um they left their usb oh but no but i but i'm, I'm all about karma i'm all about karma right and I, I hit ryan up and well you like here like, it is were, but i'm copying were, everything no they were driving back to florida and i was like I was like, how far are you guys? And they're like, oh, we're about three hours on the road. And I'm like, I'm like, I'll start driving now and I'll kind of meet you in like Columbia, South Carolina or whatever. And they're like, he's like, oh, fuck it, man. We just make it on. Like, you can have it. Like, you, and I'm like, what? I'm like, shut up. So, what? So I literally, I went in there and I'm, I'm and, and then I hit him up. And I'm like, I'm like, this is before the stuff came out with Grizz. So they had like, uh, they have a song out with Grizz? What? What? Where the fuck have you been? Oh no, man! He doesn't like the sponges. He's I faking. Do. This is bullshit. Oh, Bro. what the funk? Anyway, so they get, dude. I have edits that like no one else has. So like, whenever you hear me play, like I, they have "Wanna Be Starting Something" by Michael Jackson. That is oh no, fire, oh. and I'll play it way oh, too often. I'm sure, but <laughs> wanna be yeah. starting something. I love having I love having edits that no one else has. 
<laughs> bitch, you got me fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, Y'all got me fucked up. Yep. Oh, um, my God. Actually, cool story. I found someone had done a, like, a mashup of music make you lose control. Yeah, Missy. And that song, right? And I picked Ryan up one time. We were going to lunch or something. Yeah, that, that's one of the they, yeah one, one of, of the dudes? sponges. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I pick him up. And we're going to eat and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, bro, when did you guys do this edit? And I played it. And he's like, what is this? That's fucking fire. Like he had never heard it before, but it was like someone had just done a mashup, and I thought it was like their edit. It was. It was cool. Wait, so they they just somebody used one of their somebody took um, y'all got me funked up. And mixed it in with music, make you lose control. So it's like a interesting. I think it's like music make you funked up or something. Oh, okay, like right. the guy like made a mashup. But I, I was like, this is kind of a cool edit, and I played it for Ryan. He was like, no, that's not us. I was like, cool. It was like you know, obviously, it's a bootleg. Mashup. Yeah, bootleg. yeah, mashup. And then so that makes me think about um, you know, your alter ego alias. Wob the funk, Wob the funk. Um, it was Wob the fuck at first, but it yeah. Looked a little, actually, Ariel told me I think they were supposed to open for Diplo, and Diplo's management called and said they couldn't because the name is Bitch Be Cool, and like it was. Are you a serious? And that, right at that same time, I was thinking to myself, if I do something, well, I thought it was an exclamation point for the I. And right, but well, and and so I thought to myself, well, Wob the f. CK is a little bit aggressive, so I changed it to funk then. Okay. Plus, I kind of like playing like the more spacey, funky bass stuff, not so much in your face. So I was like, oh, Wob the Funk sounds more like it. You know where that name came from, right? From all of our friends givings and shit? Like, where it's like, because people um, are used to you playing house music. Yeah. And then the moment that you start playing some like funky wubs, they're like, what the fuck? Wob the yeah, like what the. So I was like, I'm gonna fucking name it Wob the Funk, and everybody was like, Yeah, that's a cool name. That is cool. And then and then <laughs> and now Wob the Funk, yeah. and then so how 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 did you even grow to appreciate that style of music, like the funkier, wubbier stuff? Because it's it not a, like you know some people might take at face value the fact that you mostly dj house stuff that you're like strictly like because it's 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 hard to find somebody that likes house music and i know. like it's a rare breed like my stuff. bass friends hate house my house friends hate bass it's like yeah like you know what i but mean I'm, but I you're think, not racist you know, it's probably like if going back to growing up like I, I i would have you know like a punk rock you know like dead milkman track playing and then next i would have like new order or you know REM, you know, it's like I just I've always loved like and like even when it comes to like heavy rock and stuff, like I don't like the band unless the lead singer's got a good voice. Like Chevelle, Deftones, like that's I love that, but you could play one other band that's just like them, but the lead singer's voice sucks and I can't stand them. Like it's like I don't want to be screamed at, I want music, you know, like I like music. Oh my gosh. So that's that's really cool. Um and it makes me think I, I want to like kind of dig into just some like random questions. Oh, Lord. One question though that I do like to ask most people on the podcast is like a pretty good universal question. And that's like, if you could just, if you only had one album to listen to for the Fuck. rest of time, what would that album be? Like one that if you were just at, 
Damn. just on infinite repeat and that, that that would be the only thing that you could listen to bro that's a tough one because i've had so many you know those of you guys that weren't lucky enough to grow up when cds was the thing like Oh yeah, compact discs. I, my problem used to be if I didn't get to the eject button before the first song started again, I couldn't take the CD out. Like I had so many CDs that I loved, and like my goal would be like, oh, that's in the last track. I needed to get it out so I could play the another CD because as soon as the first song started, I'd be like, ah, I can listen to this whole thing again. Oh it's so good. yeah. So that's a hard question for me, and I'm so non-committal. You can tell by how often I move. <laughs> and and I've never been married. But and as a no, <laughs> so I can't commit to like one album. But if you gave me the ability to make my own USB of a thousand songs, I could probably fill it up. Well, that wasn't the That's question. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah. So you one know, album. You kind of have God. to choose one. Like it's very hard, and Damn. it doesn't really like. Yeah. Like, what's just one of those ones that's up there for you? Like it's it's maybe, a hard question. But maybe yeah. Silver Sun Pickups, like the first. Oh wow. for, Yeah. All right. Like All right, see. I think their first album might be one that I just like. Every song is so good. Yeah. Dang, and I never really listened to it enough of them. Deftones and White White Pony or whatever. Yeah, white yeah. Like, see, we my my band's been compared to Deftones a bit, um, strangely enough, and Hell I never yeah. really got into them, and not for any good reason in particular. I feel like they were just a little too heavy for me at that point in my music. Yeah. Um, listening. I can see that. You know what I mean? Like, because by the t like when they were popular, like for real, I, I was in high school, and like that was like like Tool. Deftones, tool, yeah. see, they like they were a little too much for me. See, I've always liked that. That's nine that's inch my, nails. That's like, my, yeah, you know what nine I'm inch nails. One of my dude, fucking, I've probably seen them. I've seen nine inch nails probably eleven times. And the first time I saw them was at Coachella in like '05, and like, dang, loving loving them through the '90s and everything, and had never seen them. And then I was like, I gotta get over there to see some of that show. And when I made it over there. Um, there was 80,000 people and I was way back in the back. What? That's so yeah, was, many people. I don't dude. know how many people were at the festival. It seemed like everybody was over there trying to see 90s Nails. Oh, yeah. And so I was so far back, but they had these big Jumbotron screens and when Trent Reznor would sing, it would zoom in on just his mouth and like, I was just like, right. damn. And so then I went home, bought any album that I didn't already have of theirs and um, basically was like, holy shit, I got to see them again and so they were coming back to and this is where i live out in california and so they were coming to san diego um maybe like this was like it, when is may i think coachella so this was like maybe they were coming in like august so i bought tickets i go to the show and uh if i remember correctly it was like queens of the stone age might have opened oh wow and then someone else played so it was like you got you know an hour of this band hour and 15 minutes of this band and then nine inch nails came on and they played about hour and 45 minutes and like right in the middle of a song there was no drum and Trent Reznor looks back and he's like we'll be right back and so like we're all sitting out there for like 20 minutes of silence and everybody's like what the hell is going on the drummer had like a, a heart palpitation and they were checking him out right so Trent comes back out and he's like we're still working on some things you know he may he's gonna be fine he may be able to continue they're doing some tests on him right now so then they come back out like 20 minutes later and they're like listen we can't finish tonight so on your way out make sure you get like your ticket stamped or something but we're coming back november like they their manager had already found a date they were coming back and it was free to come back and i was like wait a minute i've already seen a full concert nobody gives you an hour and 45 minutes so then i go back again 
and they had uh, and of course you think also they're not going to pay someone open for them because they're, this is a free show come back and they had this guy named Saul Williams he was like a I don't know like a positive hip hop kind of artist that was phenomenal he played like an hour and a half and the Nine Inch Nails played for two hours and 45 minutes wow and it was a completely different like they even changed the visuals for us because we had already seen most of the stuff what? and like that was the day that I decided if it was within a six hour drive I had to support them because of their love for the artist like Trent Reznor does it for the for the fans and I was like fuck I gotta support them like they're my band you know like, that's so cool yeah. man oh so then that makes me um, think of not to cut you off but like uh, what is the best concert that you've seen like singular God. like one like i you can't be like oh bonnaroo like 2020 yeah, no I, like a like a specific <clears throat> set at bonnaroo can I have two for or example. three yeah sure yeah i'll give you t I'll, I'll try to narrow it down to two but i just weirdly had this conversation with someone the other day but um oh it was um shit, let me see i think i'm gonna say placebo I love Placebo, and I saw them at Coachella. Probably oh, this might have been the same I year. I swear, I've there was a song by them in a music skate video. Probably every you, every me, or yes, yeah, that was it. Yeah, every that was it. Yes, you're right. Dude. Oh, I so loved that song. I saw them live. Oh, what? I couldn't believe how amazing they sounded live. Like his voice was perfect the guitar licks the bass everybody was so good the whole concert i was like wow and i that feel like amazing. not a lot of people know about that that band yeah oh dude well if you like running up that hill that just hit number one after being 25 years old or whatever the best version of it is placebo's version and actually the best version of it is the house version that i have with placebo vocal on it but it's more like deep house, so you don't hear me playing my techno side. Remix, right? What and up, Tatiana? The other one I was gonna say is um, she hooked it up at the her Mars earlier. Volta. Oh no way! You saw the Mars Volta? And dude, what? Like, in Myrtle Beach? What? And I what? H House of Blues? Yeah, and I just found that was like 08 or something when I first moved back from California, and oh, I just that's found out. Awesome! I just found out. Travis and I were talking about this last night. Um, didn't even know Travis then, but we were both at the same concert. And what? I was telling him how, I was like, dude, it was amazing how they played like a three hour song. Like they literally just went, started and finished and you never heard them stop. It was almost like a DJ. Like they just played straight through. What? And he's like, yeah, well the, the opening band had their bus breakdown, which I didn't even know this. So what they did is they, they went and they even on the posters out front, they had written, they scratched out because it was like the Mars Volta featuring and like whoever was on tour with them. And because they didn't come, they wrote, scratch it out and put featuring the Mars Volta. And they did the um, uh, the album Francis. They did that. Yeah, Francis the Mute. Francis the Mute. They did that for the first hour and a half and then did the concert th that they had planned on doing afterwards. But oh like literally mind-blown, dude. dude. It was so good. They were one of those that bands. Like an opera singer. I know, yeah. right? He's like, he, it's so eccentric. He's trained. He's trained opera, as far as I know. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> and like, they, they they were one of like the first like, oh, I don't even know like one of the first. They were just like one of the, those bands that was like completely in a league of their own. Yeah. In my opinion, when I first found out about them, like just like the style. I mean, like, I don't know, man. And 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 that's that's incredible. That you got to see them and that you even know about them and appreciate them to yeah. that degree as yeah, well. Right. And um, well, you know, they were um, at the drive-in. 
Yeah, that was in the Sparta and like yeah, how they all split off. So, wait, so if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, didn't at the drive-in split off into Sparta? Well, I, I don't. I don't I know. I thought because I, right I don't even know Sparta. I oh shit, you that's check out new to me too. because I thought it just went from at the drive-in to Mars the Mars Volta. I think when they split, half the group became oh Sparta and half became yeah something like that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, don't count me on that. Like <laughs> you don't trust everything you hear on the internet. <laughs> Um, no, but actually, coolest coolest concert possibly that hardly anyone has ever seen because they only did like a little brief thing. But I saw a band called the Cardboard Vampires, <laughs> and no. uh, it was what? at it was at the Belly Up in San Diego, and it was literally like they only played six shows, but they were they they came out on stage. It was Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains, um, uh, Billy Duffy from The Cult, which was one of my favorite bands in college and shit, um, and then. Not the first, but the second lead singer of Rat, which was like an 80s hair band, like Motley Crue-ish. Yeah. And then the drummer was like, the session drummer had been on like a thousand albums and, you know, he's an LA session drummer. He would just play on people's albums. And they just came out and they're like, hey guys, we're the Cardboard Vampires. Don't, ex don't expect albums. We're not recording. We're just celebrating rock and roll. And then they just fucking went and they played obviously a bunch of Colt and a bunch of Alice in Chains, but then they played like scorpions like they played oh my god all Wait, here i am rocky like a rock and roll, all that shit oh, dude. scorpions it was, dude. It was oh like gosh. damn i'm really glad i got to see that and then that, you know what is what's um one of the worst shows you've seen <laughs> not to not to be like what's, that I, but like what's his on. name uh he's the dj that thinks he changed house music forever um oh my god the things he's changed Ch uh, Chub Rock, no, Gordo, Gordo. He his what's his bass name? He's a really good bass DJ, but he sucks at house DJing. He played at Trio, and Eric let me walk up there. I didn't even realize he was playing. I came to see Cam Jam on the back patio, and uh, it was like three or four train wrecks, and every other song he let it play till the last beat, and then started the new song. So it was like, what? A, it, like literally six months after he announced to the world that he was changing house music forever. I'm like, bro, go back to bass. Excision, not excision. What's his fucking bass? What's his bass name? I don't know. He's one of the big names, not excision, but he's like one of those guys. And then he changed house music forever. Oh my God, I gotta look this it's up. It's a shot in the dark for me to answer that. Um, who is DJ Gordo? It's gonna blow your mind. You're gonna be like, "Oh shit!" Well, it's 111. Make a wish. Oh, nice, good timing. Who is DJ Gordo? Carnage. Really? Oh, oh he's the worst weird, house DJ ever, dude. Oh my god, he's that's... the worst house DJ ever. Don't go see him play house, man. It's, it's disgusting. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Well, that's other than that, funny. Other than that, I don't know if I seen a bad. Oh, you know there was a band back in the day that sucked live, um, and you really thought they were going to be good. I can't remember. Well, what's what's um? It's another funny question for you. What is what? Where, where did you catch your gnarliest wave? As in, like almost died. Oh, uh, yeah. So 1996, I think it was Hurricane Eduardo. Um, I don't know if you know, I was a soccer coach, but I had my like 12 year old girls, U12, so they're like 11, had them at a tournament in Jacksonville, Florida. And Hurricane Eduardo, like we were watching the weather to see, and it was gonna, it was like 150 miles off the coast, but it was like gonna pass by like Friday at like 7 a.m. or whatever, 
or Saturday, excuse me. So they were going to probably be able to have the. So we went down for the tournament, and I wake up in the morning and I go out there. I got my surfboard and waves are like 15 foot or whatever. It's like stormy and nasty. And I couldn't find Damn, anybody. That's like double overhead. That's yeah, it was, scary, it was sick. dude. Bro, I I almost died. Um, uh, there was nobody out surfing, and I'm I was gonna go out by myself. I was like, that's probably not smart. So I I saw some kids like way down the beach, with surfboards in their hands. So I jogged down there. So me and these three like you know 18 year old 15 year old kids like paddle out. Took like 45 minutes just getting yeah. drilled. Are you wind in your face? Bro, paddling out is can be the hardest. Yeah, and so finally made it out there, and then the wind was offshore so it was like you're paddling into a 15 foot wave like this is the wave you're paddling in but the wind's blowing your board this way so if you didn't get into the face then the lip was going to pound you so you'd have to like pull out and now there's another one behind you so you're like fucking scrambling to get in with so after about 45 minutes of like basically like fuck this is stupid i'm not going to catch any good waves we're like sitting there and like i don't know if you've ever been out on the ocean on a cloudy day or a stormy day but like you're like looking out and like literally we're like is that a fucking wave like a rogue wave it was the cleanup i don't know if you know like what a um storm surge but you know when a hurricane pushes all the water up the coast then gravity makes the ocean bring it back into level out sea level right so when you have a storm surge it's like all that water coming back in and it was I kid you not, the waves were like 12 to 15 foot. This thing was probably like 30 foot. And it was... Oh, it scares me, we dude. Were, we were a couple hundred... I was so far out that the Holiday Inn looked like a little small, like like the size of that poster. Yeah, and you're like, am I about to be swept <laughs> out? Like So then this wave was probably another 500 yards out, but we could see it getting ready to break. And it broke probably like 100 yards before it got to us. And by the time it hit me, it was like like the, this ceiling right here, like 10 foot of white water. Oh, I got it held under for like three in a row. I could feel my leash pull in. I thought it was going to fucking snap. snap. I was like yeah. swimming towards it underwater. Oh, and so then scary. I was exhausted. So then I, I couldn't get back out. So I had to wait on those three or four waves to just fucking beat the shit out of me. And then I had to just let waves push me towards the beach. I get out of the water and my whole entire soccer team is on the pool deck. 11-year-old girls crying. Parents are all like, we're taking your surfboard. You're not going back out there this weekend. I said, I'm not going back out this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not gonna surf again for a few weeks. Like holy shit, I was terrified. I almost died. I, I swear, surfing is one of the more intimidating board sports. Like I, I got like into it because I love board sports. Yeah. Like skating, snowboarding, wakeboarding, surfing, all the things. You name it. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, I, I had my fucking life turned upside down in Costa Rica. Me and my homie went out there, December 2012, when the world was supposed to end for a for a surf trip you know yeah. and um so w we we were renting boards it wasn't like my board, Your board yeah and that. anyway like i actually had brought my gopro and everything and i was like yeah son like i'm getting footy like we're he's gonna post this footy later oh dude like that stuff like it so <laughs> so yeah there was like i put the the mount on the nose of the board you know had the gopro face like with the water no, yeah kidding. no it's like i had bro so like Long story short, I was catching like the <laughs> trying to catch the biggest waves of my life. Right. Like, yeah, easily twelve feet plus. Mm -hmm. And and so I was like, word, I'm about to drop in on this biggin. And um uh, working on it. And then my foot slips. Ugh. Like the wax wasn't enough. Uh -huh. Like and it just slips in my Worst. head, my right here in between my nose, it it um hit the GoPro. 
and the GoPro fell off <laughs> of the surfboard. I obviously ate it like so hard and I was like like dude it, yeah when you get held under it's for crazy. like that amount of time and you're just like dude like everything's like going through your like, yeah fuck. everything's going through your head your life flashes before your eyes and I get up and I'm like I'm done like I'm done and, and the, like trying to go too, and right? it's like when you can't yeah. ride in like a freaking another one you can't yeah. ride a double overhead wave in on your stomach no, no it you just can't. eats yeah, you alive yeah, again you yeah. board, <laughs> like, i can't uh. even get into like it didn't yeah and then when i got in like um thank god i had a sister mount because like you have like the main mount of a gopro yeah. and then when that one dis like when it falls off yeah. like in a bad situation there's a tinier mount right next to it that has a little tiny leash so thank god i still had that so i didn't lose the gopro but i had i oh, had a shit. i had a gnarly cut right here uh, right you do there. have a scar i was kidding but like is. a gnarly cut That's right in between my eyebrows and i was like yeah. i'm good i'm i'm pretty good on like i got a pretty good score for a while See that right there oh is that a fin that's yeah I got tossed on a big wave and the board went into the ground and my leg went on the back of it on the fin. Oi. Yeah. That was probably my fourth time ever surfing. <laughs> and I was, I was, there was wax all in my, I was probably like 13 and there was wax all in my, or sand all in my wax. And so I was literally with my leg off the back of the board, like trying to get the sand off the wax because I didn't know any better. And this fucking wave just dumped me. And like, and I remember my mom said it was so funny because like some lady, this is before cell phones so some lady went to the hotel room called my mom my mom came down and my mom said that i was crying but i was crying because i said if she took my surfboard from me i was running away like i was oh i was God, crying because i thought away. she was gonna take my surfboard not yeah. let me surf anymore <laughs> oh, yours is gonna run away yeah oh my god i'm running away if you take my surfboard dude. oh my god then i wouldn't have the dj name man you know yeah exactly oh and like dude, to be. it's that's that's awesome because my mom dude she one thing that she hated me doing like she could tolerate like snowboarding skating wakeboarding but surfing she was just like she really didn't like surfing yeah. and now i just don't i can't i can't board sport anymore because i hurt myself like doing every one of those like ouch yeah like i got a super bad shoulder from started with a bad snowboard accident blah blah blah, blah. anyways um yeah. that's like neither here or there so um uh is there anything you want to ask me just off the cuff like just randomly how'd you get started like i got, never had the conversation like how, how'd you get into djing i mean obviously you played instruments your whole life and stuff yeah so i pretty much got into bands when i was like 16 and um and then i ended up I ended up stopped playing with bands around like 22 years old and um, I just went into the workforce I did what I could I, I, I started working at Papa Zuzu's it's this Greek restaurant that no longer exists but it was um, in Mount Pleasant mm -hmm. and then I ended up there meeting um, Clark on the sax Clark oh, nice. because his parents were the ones that actually owned and ran the place oh that's cool and, and I didn't even know because he wasn't working there initially. He came in later. And then Tim Ship. No shit. So that's how I met them. And Domino. then so Clark was the one that ended up introducing me to Justin. They put me on. I remember just working in the kitchen, cutting it up. Like I did front and back of house there. And like we would all like they would be listening to like 
you know, EDM, and yeah. I didn't know what it was. Right. And they put me on it, and I liked it. And I was like, this is kind of crazy. I'm like, what? And then, like, I figured out, like, that they were, it was producers that made the music in, in these programs. Yeah. And, see, I already dabbled with, like, a few digital audio workshops, like, um, like, like Reason and Fruity Loops. Oh, and, yeah. um, and then, and then, so I ended up, like digging into it deeper and i'm like okay like this kind of blends into this whole thing about djing which yep. i didn't know what it i didn't know what a dj was right like at all and yep. um so that was like very eye-opening and i was like wow like i think i really like this like and i think i would be willing to go for it and like i'll never forget like the, the, the i <laughs> dude when you call your mom to tell her that you're gonna like be a dj yeah. without ever djing like i was like mom like, I remember it, like, clear as day. Uh, I was living on Folly at the time, and I just remember, like, being, like, on the porch and just being like, Mom, I, w I want to be a DJ and a music producer. And, like, I don't even know what the f what would be running through her head at that point, just being like, okay. Like, you know, my kid is in his, like, early 20s. Yeah. Like, well, try it when you're in your late 40s. Yeah. By that time, your mom's like, whatever. Go ahead. <laughs> My mom's so funny. She's she's like the first one to comment on all my Facebook shit. She's always like hearts or something. I'm like, yeah. Dude, exactly. Yeah, and it. it's so funny because like, you know, it wasn't really like, there was like, at, at that age, y y you know, they're like, all right, kid, like, you know, maybe you should be a nurse yeah. or like, yeah, they're always like, get into real estate or like, you know, there's a bunch of other things that are at like in demand that yeah. you can do decent with. And I just remember being like, it, it just it just hit me like a ton of bricks and i was like no i'm gonna no. do this and i'm gonna get a dj controller and it was like that's that's basically the way it was man like i they put me on music then i ended up meeting justin justin ended up inviting me to live here at the house like i had already gotten my dj controller before then been working on it started getting into the scene i was watching i was watching dj united wade walker yeah, play so out like at boons and like and Midtown and Sparkbox, I was watching them. They were the yep. pioneers of that time, and I was like, "What year was this?" That was like 2017, 2018. Damn, because I moved here in 15. So shit, you started right before me. I, I started DJing, yeah, like right when yeah. I was like 27. That's pretty dope. And and pretty late in the game, but yeah, and then that ended up going into like getting Ableton and working on music productions and like all that stuff, and like you know, it's a long journey. Yeah. Um, from then it's been about seven years since then yeah 20 27 now i'm 34 yeah, so right. yeah fucking time flies yeah dude what um let me get a few more funny questions and like what's what's just something quirky like what is um what what's your favorite food damn i'm non-committal bro it depends <laughs> i'm just kidding um, yeah. tacos and pizza yeah or pizza tacos do you like taco bell no hell no i don't dude my advice to everybody is i look about the same as i did in 2000 and that's when i stopped eating fast food and sodas like i like legit get off the fast food shit eat real food mike wish what up um wishman yeah he just joined what up dog yeah, Holy Tech Collective basically yeah, right. represents. Actually, I had my Holy Tech Collective shirt last night. I forgot to put it on because when I got here on the flight, I I just went straight to the venue pretty much and like 
I found that shirt last week. I was like, wait a minute, I'm going back to Charleston. The whole the whole crew wearing oh the Holy God. Tech shirt. <laughs> What's your least favorite food? Fuck. What do I hate? Blue cheese. <laughs> yeah, I don't like blue cheese either. Yeah. There's mold in it. It came from under toenails, right? I don't know Ew, where it comes I from, think but so. yeah, it's got to be toenails. It's got to be under toenails. That's like the origin. You imagine the first guy's like, what is this under my toenail? <laughs> oh, it's blue cheese. Tastes great. Let yeah. me put this on crackers. I see eye to eye with that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, what's your What's your favorite artist right now? Damn. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know. Like, I literally, like, the day of a show, even though I have 10,000 tracks, I'm looking for, like, 10 new tracks. Like, I'm always, like, on the search. So, let's, who's my favorite artist right now? I mean, if... I mean, I love, like, Jamie Jones. I love, like, Damien Lazarus. Like, I'm really, like, even though I play mostly Tech House... Uh, I get booked to play most of that. I love playing, like, more of the deep, like, underground stuff that, like, no one really gets to see me play unless they've been at Envy Lounge at 5 in the morning or one of my renegades or something. So I really love the deep stuff, man. Like, all that, like, just uh, take me on a journey for two hours kind of music. Yeah, well, what's your dream, like, show? Like, what would be your dream, like, if you could design a whole, like, where it would be like, yo, it's me and, like, yeah, like the Dude, Dirty Bird and friends, stuff, man. like ah. at this certain venue, like yeah. what at like what 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 would it be like us on a cruise, like you know, or like what like what's the dream lineup and venue? I mean, if it was gonna be like the dream, it would be like one week on an island that had good surf, and it would be free surfing friends, and it would just be like all the homies, and you know just be like all the homies like the ones that don't play are there all the cool people that are vetted by them you know like only invite good friends like don't invite your douchebag friend you know what I mean (laughs) and then it would just be music 24 hours a day and I would play at least five times a day I just dude I just played a friend of mine's uh, so some friends of mine got married last year Carly and Jake so they called it Cake by the Lake and they basically just did like a festival like a camping festival for their wedding and their family came their family was like all into it but they met at a festival so like so i just went to canada and played it like three weeks ago and it was like they're gonna make it a festival now because like everybody we had like i don't know how many people there this year maybe like 80 but we're all saying like next year bring like five people that you think are dope and just keep running but like dude i played i think i played 14 hours in three days like i played i played techno one night i played um a sunrise set for like four and a half hours. I played a sunset set for about four hours, a little back to back with somebody, a couple of people. Um, and I played another set. I think I played a tech house set too. But um, that's for me, I would love if everybody that's like even likes to see me play, I would love for you to see me at like hour seven when I'm like so deep in my USBs that I'm like, I'm not even sure what the fuck I have still. You know, like, yeah, I like playing long sets. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like my first hour like so if you see me play a one hour set you basically see me still nervous and fucking up and like don't even know what, what i'm doing it's hard to get into and the then flow, like after like, two and a yeah. half hours and i'm like just then i'm like 
three songs at the same time and start being more experimental, you know? Like, like, I wish, that would be my goal, is like, to have everybody be there for one of my long sets when I can just take them on a journey. Like, one of the cool things about living at Envy is like, you know, when we'd have those get-togethers and stuff, like, usually by like five in the morning, a lot of people have left. Yeah. Only the core people are still there, but like, some of them would go to bed, fall asleep on the couch and come back upstairs, whatever, but like, I would go to bed and take like a two or three hour nap and then wake up and then I would play all day Sunday. Like sometimes <laughs> some of my best hardcore. some of my best sets would be Sunday afternoon at four PM and they're like four people watching me play and I'm just like all over the place. Yo. Yeah. It'd be like that, man. That's what I love. That would be I love to hear that. Yeah. Um what what is your what's like your favorite pair of shoes to wear? Flip-flops? No shoes? Like... Is that a real question? Yeah, dog. He's got his... He got his has, Quicksilver... Has he not seen me play? Dude, everybody films my Lip, feet all the time. Lippy floppies. When people see me in my shoes covering my toes, they're always like, dude, no flip-flops? Yo, like... So flip-flops versus slides? I flip... Um, I have a homie. One of my best friends from high school still is like... He's a big wig at Reef, so... I'm always got oh reefs. reef that's not quicksilver yeah I, yeah. I saw the with logo the, with wrong. the bottle opener everybody always bottle opener on, on the bottom mm-hmm. yeah. but um yeah man flip flops or barefoot <laughs> I love it man yeah dude one of my alright so cool cool story if you're ever trying to get in somewhere just say I'm the DJ but my first time ever playing in Miami was right before French, uh, friendship 2020 so right before COVID and I'm walking into the, it was uh, it was a place called uh, Basement Miami, big big like two two or three nightclubs in one. I Whoa. think they have a bowling alley, bowling lane in there and shit. What? And I was playing the pre party, the official pre party like for Envy Records. Like they had a takeover for the official pre party for Friendship. And uh, I walk up. I've got my drink in my hand. Everybody knows I always have my like thermos, yeah, yeah, something. But I have my Canteen, drink in my hand. Yeah. I had a backpack on and I had flip flops and I walk up and the bouncer's like, bro, no drinks, no backpacks, and you can't come in here with flip flops. And I literally You're violating everything. I literally said, I'm I'm one of the DJs, and he didn't even ask me for ID or my name or anything. He says, Oh, follow me. Takes me inside, takes me up to the CDJs, and there's a bartender like getting ice, but there's nobody there yet because I, I went to check the place out. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, damn. I could take all these, uh, you know, like the, he legit like gave me the keys to the palace. Like someone could like walk in and steal everything. Cause yeah, the, you could have not been a DJ. I'm the DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, like, I could have been a homeless sure, guy. A like yeah. I'm just a homeless guy with his backpack and like now here I am with all this equipment. Like, <laughs> like, so yeah, just say I'm the DJ. It works every time. Oh my god, it it's like it's like walking into a Come oh in. snap. So it's gonna mess up the feed, but um, okay. someone disturbed. Yeah, I know. All right, well, we got to wait for this phone call to end really quick because it tinkers with the audio. Um, but you know what? We've, we've had a really good podcast. It's been that? about like an hour and a half or so. Shut up. Yeah, dude. Well, I am just super grateful to have you here for episode oh, 31. Yeah, I appreciate it. And get to uh, pick your brain on, on everything. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah, y'all go check him out. Um, it on IG. It's free, free surf, DJ. surf DJ. Yes, free surf DJ. Like F R E E S U R F 
DJ. And you have a Mixcloud? I do have a Mixcloud. I don't really upload to that as much anymore. Soundcloud is... Um, I have a lot of lot of mixes on Soundcloud. Um, yeah, all the genres too, like drum and bass, bass. But all my Wob Defunk stuff is on my FreeSurf uh, Soundcloud because I don't want to pay 20 bucks a month for them to to have another one but yeah mm -hmm. so, well y'all yeah. be sure to check them out and um like support share yeah you know <laughs> All the good things. thanks for everybody even watching and listening and being a part of the journey is there anything that you want to say before we cut it off no just i appreciate like man i love this and so many people support like there's so many people there last night i haven't played in charleston in a while until recently so i just appreciate at least two people showing up so I can play. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah. Well, y'all keeping on Curtis Freeman, DJ Free Surf. He's doing bigger and better things all the time. And I'm honored to have him on. So thank you. And I'll see you next time. Oh, thanks so much. Peace. That was cool. That was cool, dude.